0: So I want to concentrate on a couple of verses, Uh, first of all, from the Gospel, that one that says Simon and those who were with him searched for him and they found him and said, everybody is looking for you. We'll talk about that. And then these amazing words from the prophet uh, that say, even youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. Sisters and brothers in Christ, this morning uh, comes to the end, as Pastor Smith said, of our uh, four-week epiphany series called Connect the Dots. And uh, Pastor Smith set the stage for this a month ago when he said that we were going to connect the dots of all the places in which we live, our residences, the little blue dots on the map, right? We would celebrate where all of us are in connection to all the rest of us and that's pretty cool but then we would also use these connections, these dots, to really set the stage for reaching those who you do not yet know Jesus Christ. Now I know it's kind of just a new gimmick to really say the same thing that the church has been preaching since Jesus ascended into heaven. Remember when he gave the Great Commission? There were two parts to it. Uh, we were supposed to nurture one another, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. Why? So that you can go make disciples of all nations. So work connected in the dots, and then go find some new dots, new all nations, right? Or we have it in our kind of our theme here at St. Paul's. We gather and grow. That's what we do among one another here, why? So that we can give and go. So, uh, uh, same thing. You know, these are all the same messages. We receive the blessings of God's word and sacrament, not so that we can selfishly just, just you know, roll around in the blessings of God, but so that we can be a blessing to the rest of the world. We learned that from the Old Testament people. We know that our culture today is drifting further and further away from the will of God. And yet we are determined to throw out a lifeline to all those who are drowning in the lies of this modern age. Connect to the dots. Yeah, you've heard it really all before. As a matter of fact, you've heard it. If you've been a lifelong member of the church, you've heard it all your life. It's the, it's the mission of Jesus Christ. It's the challenge of being the church here, being Christ's body in the world. And I believe that over the last couple generations, quite frankly, maybe we've had it so good here in America as Christians that we've just grown weary and tired. And we have really, uh, we have really failed the Lord. We've slipped in our apathy sometimes. Well, take heart, my friends, because the lessons that we shared just a moment ago from the Old Testament prophet and from Mark chapter one, I believe give us some real lessons on what happens when we get worn down, and when we get tired in the ministry. So I ask you this morning, are you tired? And, and I, I'm going to tell you some jokes now. The 815 and the 945 did not laugh as much as they should, okay? <laughs> These are funnies, okay? So they're in answer to that line that starts out by saying, I know you're tired when, okay? So here's, here's the first one. You know you're tired when you sob con- uncontrollably at watching Toy Story and have to be comforted by your 7-year-old. It's eh, a little better. Uh, they don't get any better by the way. You know you're tired when you pour orange juice into your coffee instead of milk. Okay. You know you're tired when you try putting a cereal box in the fridge and it takes you seven, seven seconds to realize it's not the milk, okay? Are you tired? Well, anyway, studies tell us that uh, one in three Americans today uh, are, are just plain worn out by the pace of modern life. So there are some strategies to deal with this problem, and some health experts suggest, uh, here's the first strategy, you skipped over it, go back one, uh, here's the first one, that we'll meditate at least 12 minutes every day, and that you quit that, uh, that uh, multitasking business, and instead focus on just one thing, and work on that until it's completed, then move on to the next. Or here's the next suggestion, and I'm an advocate for this next one now, the, the power nap, okay? Uh, there'll be one in my life in just a couple hours, okay? And I'm in good company because history tells us That Thomas Edison, Winston Churchill, and several other great leaders uh, took power naps. As a matter of fact, companies like Nike today have started to promote power naps even at the workplace. Google has gone so far as to provide relaxation pods for their employees. Huh? Not a bad idea. God has another suggestion, though, and I like this graphic, you know. Here we are all burdened down, climbing up the hill with this baggage on our back. You know. And in Matthew chapter 11, we have that wonderful hand of a loving God. And he says to me, Come, you who are weary and tired, and I will give you rest. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. Well, I want you to remember this next thing. In the Gospels, it's very clear that Jesus himself grew weary. Maybe you forgot about that. In John's Gospel, we read, Jesus came to Samaria, near the piece of ground that Jacob had left Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And then here's the next words. So Jesus being weary from his journey. Jesus, weary from his journey. It's hard for us to realize that there is a weary Jesus in the Bible. Oh, we know there is a teaching Jesus, teaching us about love, God's will. One who performs miracles, one who... Heals the sick and raises the dead and casts out the demons. Yeah, we understand the powerful Jesus, but we forget about the weary, tired Jesus. In the gospel for today, we see a Jesus who is very, very busy. Talk about the mad rush of American lifestyle. Jesus is in a mad rush of first century lifestyle. He just healed Peter's mother-in-law, and that evening... There were so many from the town that came to bring him the sick and the cast out the demons, and, and uh, it was well into the night. He didn't get a power nap that day, I'll tell you that. And verse 35 of Mark's gospel says, Now in the morning, okay, well before the sun came up, that's interesting, Jesus got out of there. He went out and departed to a solitary place. He got away from it all, and he prayed. Now, if Jesus Christ needed to do that, the weary, tired Jesus, after a day like he had put in, then maybe we need the same thing, huh? Back then in the first century, most homes were tightly packed together. That's why all these people came right to the door of Peter's mother-in-law. huh? And the cities along the Sea of Galilee, they weren't cities, they were little towns. They too were close together. He couldn't find privacy if he tried unless he got away by himself. Purposely, And I enjoy the language of Mark's gospel then. Simon and the others, I suppose it was the next morning now, the sun was up, and where was Jesus? Okay, Maybe they were frantic themselves. Maybe they were so dependent upon him that they, they themselves wanted to know. Or maybe the people had already, as soon as the sun came up, began pestering the disciples, looking for the master healer, you know, we got more problems here, thinking that his disciples would know where Jesus was. Well, when Simon and the others found Jesus, this is the word that I repeated from the gospel, they said to him, Jesus, everybody's looking for you. (laughs) Well, Jesus didn't say back to them, tough, I'm trying to get away from everybody. No, no, he said to them, all right. He rose up, I suspect energized by the relationship with his father. And he re-entered the ministry that he was anointed for. Re-entered the ministry that he was sent for. Rested, got got strength from the Lord, and then got right back to it. I want you to remember that. Because what about the ministry that we have been appointed for, huh? To be Christ's church in this world gone wrong. It's not going to be easy. Matter of fact, Jesus said in John chapter 16 in this world you're gonna have trouble. Doesn't matter if you're young or old, rich or poor. Living the Christ-like life can be tough. And if you live long enough, it could get you down. You'll fall down and maybe you won't feel like ever getting up again. You'll get hurt, you'll get sick, your dreams will get trashed. Frankly, life's gonna be miserable sometimes. Now when those times come there will be some folks around us, people who love us even, who will tell us to snap out of it. They will say, pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Come on, be strong. They'll say, come on, you can handle these things. Get a life. And maybe we need to hear those kinds of encouragements too from time to time. But I believe our Old Testament lesson from Isaiah the prophet has a lot better encouragement for us in times like those. The prophet says, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When we are weary, when we are tired, when we are worn down, when even our Christian life gets miserable, God does not say to us, snap out of it, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, get a life, that's not God's word for us. He says, wait for me, depend on me, lean on me when you're not, not." no, I won't sing it for you. (laughs) Isaiah the prophet celebrates in beautiful poetic language how powerful almighty God is. Did you catch some of that when Paula read it to us this morning? talks about how he laid the foundations of the earth how he hovers himself like a tent over us how he puts the stars up in the sky names them all and doesn't let one of them go out without him knowing about it you know puts uh, the princes of this world and the kings of this world to nothing did you, did you catch all that so it, it tells first of all about how powerfully creative almighty God is and then what does Isaiah say about, say about this everlasting God he says he will not grow tired or weary nice to know huh he will not grow tired or weary thank god and if we were training in a gym in a gym or in a in a workout place we wouldn't go for help to someone who looked as though they were tired and totally exhausted we'd go to somebody who looked powerful and energetic and filled with vim and vigor our god does not grow tired or weary, He gives strength to the weary, it says, and increases the power of the weak. He says, even the youth will go tired. Young men even will stumble and fall. Yeah. And then Isaiah uses the but word. Uh-huh. I paused when I used it. Whenever you see that little word but, but in the Bible, you better pay attention because something coming after it is very important. Okay? You and I might grow tired and weary, but... Those who hope in the Lord who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. It's not a maybe, it's not a you know, it's not a uh, an if, it's a they will renew their strength. And this strength received from the Lord will be such that you will feel like you'll be able to soar like an eagle, to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. You know, beautiful language. Someone once said, it's hard to soar like an eagle when you work with a bunch of turkeys. Well, in Christ's church, we are not connected to a bunch of turkeys. We're connected to brothers and sisters in Christ. We are in this ministry together. Everyone who belongs to Jesus belongs to everyone who belongs to Jesus. We are together stronger than any of us alone are strong. And so we have spent epiphany now this year by putting our residential dots, blue dots, on the maps. And you know, after church was all over with last week, I took a look from a distance at those maps. And you know what my impression was? Wow, Lord. We've really got the west side of Cleveland covered. We are everywhere. Take a look at them as you leave, even if you've got your not dot already on there. Look at how we stretch from Lakewood to Grafton, from the Lake Erie to south of 480, we've got this west side covered. Made me very glad to see those dots on the map and realize that I'm part of all of you. But now as we prepare to enter Lent, it's the sending, saving mission of our Lord Jesus Christ that has to gain our attention. The reason why he came to suffer and die and rise again. Because you see, in between our dots, there are hundreds, yes, even thousands of dots who will not be celebrating Lent, who are unchurched. Many of them are dechurched, dropped out, and even some who absolutely find no reason to be connected to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings as we get to follow him through his mission and his passion. They're all out there, in between our dots. And so they are our family, they are our friends, they are work acquaintances, they are neighbors, and I hope we never get tired or weary of seeking the dots. God's people as he came to seek and to save the lost. Much more about that in the coming months here at St. Paul's. I hope you're proud to be a part of this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you bow your heads to pray? Lord, we lift up our hands to receive your strength this morning. We're in a weary place. Life and its problems have ground us down. You tell us through the prophet that when we wait on the Lord, you will renew our strength, so much so that we can rise up on spiritual wings and fly like an eagle. We want to soar, Lord. We want to rise above our circumstances and our weariness. We want to run fast and not tire out. We want to walk great distances and never grow weary. Spiritually, we trust in you, O Lord, and give it all up for you for the sake of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. Amen.